Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, another week has passed by. Hey, anybody going stir crazy yet as we're in, uh, obviously, the start of the second week of lockdown? Um, most people, I guess, will be at home uh, with limited opportunity to go outside. And of course, um, you know, the I think the was it the deputy chief medical officer said over the weekend that the uh, the the measures that we're we're facing at the moment are likely to go on for some time. So <laughs> I, I think we probably could have forecast that, but um, yeah, to hear it was probably I don't know. My heart sank a little bit. I don't know about yours, but um, needless to say, um, what I thought I'd do this week is just share a little bit about some of the realities of what's been going on because obviously um, last couple of weeks I talked about coronavirus one part one and part two I really wasn't in a great place for part one uh, somebody reminded me today I uh, wasn't feeling very well and yeah it did seem like the the uh, the earth was falling in uh, inwards but um, no it's amazing isn't it when you shift your perspective um, and you shift your energy and your focus how things can change so yes we might all be locked up and maybe going a little bit stir crazy or getting a bit of cabin fever but, um, you know, that actually pre- presents some opportunities as well, perhaps, which I'll come on to as we, uh, as we sort of expand this conversation a little bit over the next few minutes or so. Of course, in the second um, coronavirus update last week, what I talked about is if you like the four principles that I'm, I'm trying to work to and I'm recommending perhaps we can all work to. And if I can remember them, because uh, I don't have them written down in front of me, um, I think there were something on the lines of, you know, take care of ourselves and indeed others. Um, you know, make, control that which we can control, use this time that we have wisely, and then start to look ahead for opportunities. So yeah, I think I remembered them. So I'm pleased myself for that, not having the notes in front of me. Uh, this, this is unscripted, as you might be able to, to gather perhaps. So yeah, let's just maybe talk a, bit, a little bit about um, those four principles to some extent, but equally what's been happening over the last uh, week in my world, because, you know, maybe that can help you in some way. So um, I guess the first principle was to take care of ourselves and others. Well, it's, it's obviously a little bit difficult to take care of others because we're constrained to home, but we can do our bit, can't we? We can check in on, on people we care about, uh, vulnerable people in particular, obviously, uh, with the virus. And, you know, maybe we could send care packages or just notes of expression um, that we're thinking about people. Uh, I think at this point in time, of course, you know, uh, we, we, we can go a bit stir crazy. We, we, we're in the four walls uh, that we have and we might be, we might love the people that are with us. We might not as well, by the way, but uh, for example, if you're in a shared house and cooped up with, I mean, like a house of multiple op- occupancy, there is what I'm saying. Um, hopefully not so much with our own family, but you know, it gets a bit tough, doesn't it? If we don't have our own space, we can't go outside. Um, you know, it can be a bit tough. So, you know, checking in on other people and providing an outlet. So, one of the things that I've done, for example, is within the sort of inner circle of my community, I've set up uh, a couple of forums, if you like. One is called uh, Coffee Time, and literally just for half an hour a day, 
um, with uh, people in my inner circle. We, we just, I just switch on a Zoom call and whoever wants to join in can join in. And, and that's supposed to be just a casual, social, chit-chatty type of thing. We try and make it light. Um, sometimes we talk about business stuff, but actually in the large part, we don't uh, think today we're talking about going out for a run and waving at people randomly as we're running and um, how much loop paper is costing. And um, I don't know, I can't think of all of it. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we, we had a little bit of a reflection about learning new skills at home. For example, um, me trying to cut my own hair uh, over the weekend, which was quite comical. Um, yeah, so that's kind of light. But, you know, what it means is we get to just check in, uh, socialize, uh, connect with one another. So that was the purpose of that. You know, we're just doing it. And then on Fridays, we have what's called a town hall. And um, so the coffee time is half an hour. It's just a check-in. And in fact, one or two people in the community have stolen the idea for themselves, if you like, with their own family and friends. And they're just having, you know, calls now and again just to check in. So that's, that's kind of a nice idea to stay in touch. I understand that Zoom has grown in popularity recently. <laughs> Other sort of video um, conferencing facilities are available. So anyway, that's that. Then the town hall on a Friday is more business focused. So what I thought I'd do is just open up the, the, the channel on a Friday for a one hour call and we just talk about business issues uh, that might be arising. So we were talking about specifically how to deal with tenants, for example, um, during the coronavirus. We talked about somebody's book writing opportunity. We talked about somebody who might need to pivot a little bit, who is looking to buy their own home. But if the mortgage, you know, regular residential mortgage market is not there, what alternatives are there? So we started to sort of brainstorm some ideas. So you get the picture. So maybe that's something you could replicate yourself uh, in your own inner circle and community. But uh, equally, don't forget, I've opened up a, a what I call a Wednesday lunch times or uh, TPV live on uh, uh, lunch times Wednesdays. I'm probably just not what it's called, but you know, Wednesdays lunchtime. You get the picture. Um, if you want to do, if you want to sort of join in with that, it's literally 1 p.m. UK time on Wednesdays. I'm just going to open up a Zoom call and whoever wants to join in with that can join in with it. We can make it social. We can make it business related. It's just connect with you guys, really. So that's something offering more outwardly. Uh, there's a co only a couple of people so far who've actually reached out and connected with me and asked for details of how to, to log in. So uh, don't be shy if, if you'd like to do that. It's no charge for any of this. It's just something to give back, really. So uh, if you'd like to join in, please do. And it'd be great to see you um, in that particular forum. But equally on the health front, um, you probably gather I wasn't 100%. I, was, I had the coronavirus myself and I was a bit under the weather, for, certainly for the first week. I'd say it was a nine or 10 day gig. So around about nine or 10 days in after uh, I was not feeling great, uh, I was feeling much, much better. And I put that to the test really by going for a run. Well, at first of all, I went for a walk. My wife told me I really should take it easy uh, when I'm sort of getting back into exercising. So I went for a walk initially. But I thought, no, I'm going to try for a run. So I ran five kilometers and I'm really pleased that I did. So I, I guess that's the acid test that perhaps I'm through this now. So if you're worried about me, you don't need to be anymore. Um, I'm feeling much, much better. Uh, somebody brought me on to another mastermind call and, <laughs> and said, so tell us, Richard, how are things with you? And I was like, yeah, I've just told you I had coronavirus. I know what you want <laughs> me to say. So yeah, it was a case of just telling people that I'd had the virus um, and it wasn't a death sentence, certainly not in my case. I know, unfortunately, it is another. So I'm not diminishing the seriousness of this particular horrible virus. But uh, I am trying to explain that, you know, it needn't be the end of the world necessarily um, if you get it. So don't worry too much, hopefully. Um, and I am in a so-called 20% category where um, it 
may have affected me more perhaps than it might have done other people but uh, touch wood it, it, it certainly didn't so anyway on the health side things uh, have been looking up um, you know in terms of looking looking after myself and looking after others so that was that really um, the second part really was to control that which we can control so what I decided to do there was um, just kind of break my business down again uh, obviously you know with significant changes and, and in the midst of a crisis such as this uh, all the plans that we did have are out the window, aren't they? So I sat down and I broke my business down into the segments that it falls in, which are predominantly uh, my regular rental portfolio, which is you know a series of single lets um, and multi-lets. Uh, my service accommodation business, which is predominantly owned assets, but in one case, I have a rent to service accommodation um, um, property, I guess, yes. Um, so that's the, the service accommodation uh, business, if you like, that I have. Then I have my development business, um, which is, I have seven UK developments and uh, two USA developments currently in flight, which is not necessarily a great place to be at this point in time, but I do. And then I have a services business, which is, um, you know, a subscription service, deal finding service and consultancy or mentoring service for property. They're the main things. I also have, you know, income streams from royalties, book royalties, but it's, you know, it's not something I can, you know, control that much, particularly in the short term. So they're the elements if effectively of my business, uh, if you like. So what I did is looked at each one in turn and just kind of dealt, you know, built a plan for each one. So with the rental portfolio, to be honest with you, it's easy to get carried away, uh, but I haven't been that adversely affected, certainly not so far. Yes, we're starting to get some tenants who are having some problems. Um, one or two have um, lost jobs or, or had their hours significantly reduced, uh, or indeed because of other related issues to coronavirus, have wanted to maybe move on a bit quicker um, than maybe they would have done otherwise. So, but it's not many, to be fair. So we need to keep a sense of perspective. What we did in our case is we contacted all of our tenants and just shared with them a, a kind of a policy document. A, about how to keep uh, themselves and people around them safe uh, at this time. Um, obviously, we're just pointing to government advice and general tips. So we, we just sort of pointed that out. And then second of all, uh, really, if they're struggling financially um, as a result of corona, you know, what, what maybe we could do, um, what responsibilities they have, what responsibilities we have, and, uh, you know, keep the lines of communication open. I guess if you'd like to see a copy of that policy, it's just a one-pager. Um, by all means, just drop me a line, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. Happy to share it. There's no um, great intellectual property in that, but um, if that would help you, uh, that would be great. We did have a conversation, funnily enough, uh, on one of our calls about whether we contact tenants proactively or maybe reactively. I sit in the former camp, you know, contacting tenants proactively, just letting them know we're there, just reminding them of their responsibilities, but equally saying that we're here to help as well. So, um, you know, we didn't, it's not like we had the floodgates open with people saying, oh, yeah, can we have a rent holiday? But um, yeah, we did have a couple of co uh, people comment, but actually I don't think it would have made any difference. I think people, one, one or two contacted us before that anyway, and we didn't have that, that many contactors after that. But so we were taking a proactive lead there. Um, and indeed, one of the, uh, the actions I took upon myself is that one of my properties was a little bit adversely affected because of coronavirus, um, which... The, is a kind of precondition for mortgage lenders, including, by the way, buy-to-let lenders, to grant up to a three-month payment holiday on your mortgage. So I contacted one lender and asked if that was possible. 
Uh, also checking that it wouldn't affect my credit rating because I don't want that to happen. But there was one property that was affected. Uh, so for example, it was, um, well, I won't go into the detail, but it, it wasn't a difficult process. That particular lender has, a, uh, has the details on their website. They list what you need to do. You can do it by email, so you don't need to sit in a long you know, 45 minute wait time queue or anything like that. Uh, to ask for the holiday. Uh, so I did that. That was a proactive step. Uh, there's a couple of tenants who've had some issues, so we've been talking them through what they can do perhaps uh, and come to some sort of arrangement with them. So that's the rental portfolio. The service accommodation business, yeah, kind of fell off a cliff a little bit, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, we had a series of cancellations, certainly for the month of, or the months rather, of March and April. Um, all, the, all the bookings that we had in the calendar kind of fell away. Um, understandably, obviously, with the lockdown and limits on travel, whether it's local, domestic travel or international travel, um, it has had a significant effect on a service accommodation business, uh, short-term rentals, etc. So um, much like the leisure tourism industry generally, of course, we're a subset of that. So that was a big, you know, bitter, bitter pill to swallow, I guess. Um, but that happened. And so uh, what we're doing there is really just looking at the, well, I don't actually have a lot of service accommodation units. Um, I had one, for example, that was a rent to service accommodation and I've, I've looked to exit that contract and that looks like that's going to be possible and achievable. So that's, uh, that's a defensive measure, if you like. Um, it, was a, it was just, I'm renting a property and service accommodation out. Well, I've got no income stream, so can I reduce my cost base? Uh, ask the question, yes, it's possible okay, let's execute. So that's what I'm doing there. Um, but the ones I own myself, of course, they're my asset. Um, so I need to protect my asset and protect my, my business model. So what we're looking at there is alternatives to pivot the uh, service accommodation rentals that we've got. Um, we're checking, just rechecking, checking, if you like, the uh, locations. For example, if they're near hospitals. So there's probably a lot of demand from health workers and uh, actually visitors, um, you know, unfortunately, who need to stay near a hospital uh, for a relatively extended period of time. So uh, we, we're, we're maybe moving that towards a, what I call a, a sort of a long-term, short-term stay model. And we're going to advertise it uh, away from the OTAs, the, on, the online travel agents, which is Airbnb, Booking.com, etc. And we're going to position that in different places. So for example, Gumtree, Spare Room, Open Rent, um, you know, to try and attract a different type of guest. Um, things like cleaning is going to be difficult, you know, if people are in quarantine, for example. So uh, it might be might be rented, furnished, but without maybe some other services such as cleaning. So we're pivoting the service accommodation business. We're actually in the throes of doing that. Um, we just sort of batten down the hatches a little bit in terms of the staffing and the hours that people are working as well as well there just to kind of make that line up with the uh, the revenues that we're seeing there but i'm not necessarily expecting that to go on forever but i think it could have a you know negative effect for a while we still have some bookings in the calendar for the month of may and onwards but um based on sort of ex current expectations i'm probably expecting some of those bookings to disappear if not all actually <laughs> so making provisions for that but trying to get to, too bent out of shape because a still own the asset and B, you know, we have the opportunity, one, of rekindling the service accommodation uh, once the lockdown is uh, eased, uh, or B, we could pivot into, say, an HMO, into the short, into the, sorry, longer-term, short-term lets, or back into a single let opportunity. Uh, and, of course, I always revisit 
uh, properties to see if a sale is um, you know, an appropriate thing to do at any point in time. Um, I've decided that's not the case with these, so we're going to keep them, but we're just going to repurpose them. So that's what's going on there with the service accommodation business. As far as the uh, development business is concerned, yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you, that is the worst affected part of my business. But it's only one part of my business and I need to get things in perspective. And uh, I guess the lockdown has had the immediate effect of stopping pretty much everything. Um, it, it, it could, there are some sites where we could work under safe conditions, you know, with uh, two meters social distance and that sort of thing. Probably a small number of people on site and you know, protective equipment. Uh, I'm looking into that, but we're not doing that just yet. We're sort of taking stock, uh, obviously following government guidelines and uh, not, not taking any unnecessary risks to health and safety, including, you know, people getting potential exposure to viruses. So we're trying to avoid that. So, uh, but at the same time, it does mean that the projects are not moving forward and probably expecting it to go on for a bit of time now. So I'm taking some proactive steps uh, with regard to those developments. I'm looking at, you know, the um, cost base, uh, the number of people that are working and engaging, engage with me on those projects and just maybe do some rationalization in that respect. Um, of course, that has a consequential impact on other people. I'm sensitive to that, but at the same time, I need to protect my own business. So um, yes, some tough decisions do need to be taken, um, but I'm taking those. Um, I think the other thing is to make provisions for uh, debt and equity finance and, uh, and the partners that we're talking to there. So open up channels of communication, having regular dialogue with uh, partners. Um, talking about various strategies. And I'll be very transparent with you. I think a restructure of some of those arrangements is something that I've openly been discussing, uh, whether that's um, some sort of breathing space on payments or on equity or capital. Um, I've been having those conversations and just sort of talking things through. I think uh, I'm, I'm so fortunate. The people I work with uh, in, my, in my business, you know, predominantly private investors, are really nice people. Uh, they're smart people, sophisticated, and they understand what the situation is like. And, you know, we, we see ourselves as partners and we're in this together. So we're working things through, uh, trying to make sure it works for all parties and, um, you know, just give that bit of breathing space, make sure there's not undue pressure and uh, to keep the lines of communication open with partners. Um, look at, you know, the uh, developments to, you know, is there, is there a sort of an easier way of progressing? Um, I guess. So that's that. And I guess the, the fourth element to the business is my services income, or not service income, but services business. Um, the, it hasn't really been affected in all honesty. Um, we've got a subscription service where a couple of people have cancelled, but I've taken a proactive step to kind of mothball that for a month. Uh, nobody will be charged for that period of time, but rather than maybe people on annual subscriptions just cancelling en masse, I've taken a more proactive position, which is, look, nobody can really go out and view properties at the moment, so we can't really service you in terms of providing um, opportunities for you to look at because you can't really go and look at them. So we're going to mothball the service. We're going to suspend it temporarily, but we're also going to suspend payments that are due. So if people are paying monthly, we're, just, we're literally giving them the money back for a month. If people are paying annually, we're giving a, a pro rata monthly return on their uh, subscription because I think that's the right thing to do. But at the same time, we're not, not necessarily proactively cancelling subscription and we're not doing the, oh, we'll tag it on to the end type of thing either because I think, you know, at this point in time, people are concerned about finances. So 
That's the approach we've taken with our subscription service, deal finder service, which is called Property Deal Tips. Um, as far as the uh, mentoring and training, uh, well, it's more mentoring business that I have um, active clients I'm working with and just making sure I'm delivering great value to them. And uh, I'm just about to effectively open the doors to look at um, other mentoring type client opportunities going forward as well, because this is going to be an, in an income stream that's going to be important. And most of the way I work with people is, is you know, remote anyway. So uh, it's no difference. It's business as usual. We do video based uh, calls. And so uh, it's easy to work in that uh, in that sense. There's no difference. So there we go. That was just a quick run through of uh, if you like control that which you can control. So I guess the, the thir third element is to use this time wisely. So this time we're locked down. So I guess uh, the most important thing for me is um, apart from the business side of things and you know that we've just been through and, and obviously the health and, 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 and looking after other people was also uh, starting to think ahead in terms of personal development and indeed book writing. So uh, literally today I joined a, an accountability group um, aimed at getting a book written in the next couple of months or so. And uh, Nicole Bremner is actually running that. So if you're interested, if you're writing a book and you want to join in with that, she's set up an accountability, yeah, accountability group. And I think there's 40 people already. So that's quite a lot of people who are going to use this time to write a book. But, you know, I've heard other people who are training. Um, they perhaps want to do a bit of project management training, for example. Um, whatever, whatever floats your boat, really. But get yourself prepared, you know, study learn a new skill, um, put, put some, you know, do, do more project-based work. You know, book writing for me is, is a project, I guess. So uh, I'm looking to do that. In fact, I'm looking to do two things. One is to write uh, a book. I mean, I'm doing it in a certain way. I'm actually doing a series of short-form books. That's what I'm actually planning to do. And then the second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to record a specific uh, podcast series for Audible. Because, yeah, that's a new channel for me. So I just thought I'd uh, focus in on that. So that's that's what I intend to do. Uh, yeah, hold me to a county, if you like, uh, over the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, well, maybe a couple of months or so, actually. But that's, if you like, making the, you know use of this time wisely. I might have forgotten other things, if you like, um, as I've been talking here. But the, uh, the other thing, you know, there is to look for opportunities. Now, I kind of haven't got so far into the opportunity side of things, not in a week, but I have in a slightly unusual way, uh, i.e. an unexpected way. First of all, we've been having some conversations within our sort of inner circle about opportunities and, you know, being ready, readying ourselves, ready to pounce. So having funds ready, having a way to execute on a transaction that doesn't necessarily rely on an institutional investor um, having the professional support is able that's able to execute on a purchase, for example. Uh, let, let's talk about a legal, you know, legal's conveyancing service that can do title searches in lieu of uh, requesting them. And um, oh, there was something else there in the in the legal side that I was thinking of, but I can't think what it was now. Um, off the top of my head, anyway. There we go. So just having the legals ready, having the finances in place, and being ready to jump on opportunities. Indeed, somebody in our community actually bought a property at auction. Um, it, it was supposed to be a physical auction, but switched to online and telephone, and then the online service uh, dropped. So, you know, three of the two, you know, two of the three major channels that they would normally have available disappeared, left very little competition, and this particular individual was able to 
pick up a, a property, an income generating commercial property that's significantly below value. Uh, so they did really they did really well. So they were capitalizing on the opportunity and they were able to strike because they were ready. They, they got themselves ready, they did the due diligence and they acted uh, bravely, I guess, with courage at this point in time. But in my own case, I've got one particular project which I'm looking at, well, how can I simplify this project to get it moving? Uh, and one way to do that is to avoid planning application. So I'm looking at uh, a simple uh, reconfiguration of the project, which would not require planning approval, and we get it built out, get it done and dusted, move it on. Yes, it won't be the same, but it will allow us to keep moving. So I was looking at that, but in, in, in that research, we discovered that probably the planning application might be a bit challenging anyway, because there's a couple of, uh, there was a property on the, uh, on the same row, that um, we were planning to do something similar to their plan. And it, we understood that it was quite a battle. Um, just quickly, that it's, it's commercial on the, on the ground floor, or retail, commercial retail on the ground floor and residential above, but we wanted to convert the whole thing to, uh, to residential. But because there's you know, allegedly a high flood risk in the area, that getting approval for residential on the ground floor is gonna be problematic to say the least. So we're not going to change the uh, use on the ground floor. We're going to leave it as commercial in our case. Uh, we're going to you know, com uh, upgrade the upper uh, to residential. But we understood that there were other properties on the same street that went through the same process and they went for a lengthy planning, planning application. Long story short, the developer concerned doesn't want to carry on with the project anymore. And so there's an opportunity. So we're going to reach out, we're going to connect with that developer we're going to see actually if we can pick up their opportunity which now has planning in place for a certain configuration obviously we'll look at the numbers make sure it makes sense but there's an opportunity that came out of potential adversity so that was uh, unexpected but I think the key there is have our eyes open for opportunities and be ready to strike uh, if they if they come about so they were the main things uh, I really wanted to, to share with you um, there's just a bit of a glimpse if you like into what's happened in my week over the last week, funnily enough, in my world over the last week. Uh, and I thought that might be handy to share. So there's been some ups and there's been some downs. There's been some positives and there's been some, you know, things that are not so positive to deal with. But you know me, I'm real. And uh, I like to talk about the reality of property investing and developing uh, in good times and in bad times. And so if hopefully that's been helpful to you. Um, there was something I meant to mention actually uh, earlier. There's um, there's a giveaway I'd like to make available if you if that would be useful to you. It's called the it's a one pager. It's called the Recession Response, and it's been produced by a guy called Mike Mikhailovich. And and really, it's just one pager about what you could be looking at right now. It breaks it down into segments, which is cash flow, debt management, strategic planning, accounting, and tax, all on one page. And effect, effectively, if you can imagine a defensive strategy and an offensive strategy in each one of those areas. That's what the document does. So if that would be useful for you as a bit of an a memoir, uh, podcast at propertyvoice.net, and I'll share that with you gladly. So just ask for the recession response, and I'll gladly share that with you. And obviously, if you want a copy of the uh, policy that we've been sending out to tenants that I referenced earlier, same thing. Just say, can, can I get hold of the tenants policy, Richard, and uh, I'll send it to you. So there we go, I wanna wrap up now. Um, as I say, it was unscripted, um, although I will get the transcription of the show. Uh, there'll be show notes over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. You know you can always reach out to me, uh, a podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, or you can give me a call, 0208 144 um, weekday afternoons, please, <laughs> not other times. 
uh, if you just want to chat about anything. Don't forget lunchtime Wednesdays, TPV Live uh, lunchtime Wednesdays. If you send me an email, I'll give you the details. I just want to qualify who's joining in with that call, that's all. Um, that's how you get hold of it. Uh, send me a social media request if an email is not suitable for you. That's no problem at all. But I guess all that's left to say uh, for now is uh, thanks very much for listening once again this week on the Popsy Voice podcast. And until next time, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.